What's up, everybody? Welcome. I got my boy Scott here. I'm Ed, and you know what? Megan couldn't make it again this time, and we miss her so, but it's a great interview, so please uh, stick through. Uh, So anyways, but before we get to that, we just want to tell you how you can come support the show. There you go. So you head over to truezilla.org forward slash donate for all the value for value donation options. we got Cash App, PayPal, uh, all that good stuff. Um, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah, Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum, like crypto options. Um, let's see if you want to get yourself a nice Truezilla T-shirt or sweatshirt. It's about T-shirt or sweatshirt. It's about weather. hoodie time. Yeah, it's about hoodie time. So you get yourself a nice Truezilla hoodie. Um, we've got a new shirt design up. It says, "What part of freedom don't you understand?" So you can get one of those. Um, actually, the T-shirt shop's been on fire lately, you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for supporting us through that. Um, you know, there's you got to go fight the new world order with a. Uh, with a true little t-shirt or sweatshirt, dude. Like that's 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 the move. That's the move. Um, if you also want to support the show, you can head over to rockfin.com forward slash truezilla. Just at least like even just sign up and watch the episodes over there. If you just register and sign up and watch the shows over there, we're like we get crypto just for you clicking and watching the show. So yeah, support platforms that, that aren't mm-hmm. uh, against you. Yep, right? Exactly. Exactly. We talk about that this whole episode. It's all about um, you know, freedom of speech, censorship, and platforms that support that. So also just real quick, I uh, just want to shout out our sponsors, truthtrs.com, truthtrs.com. Com. Like they have this amazing product called Advanced TRS. If you haven't heard about it, it's basically just a heavy metal detox spray that you spray in your mouth and then it eliminates all the heavy metals out of your body. It's super cool. Uh, it's just been life changing. I use it. I've been using it. We all for, take it. Yeah, we all, we take, all it. take it regularly. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, I, I first learned about it early on when, you know, yep. um, when we, ha- my son was vaccine injured and mm. we started using yeah. it. And, and honestly, like it, it was for his speech delay. It really, yeah. we, we use it and he, start getting speech back really quick. Yeah. And that is something that you will see across the board. That parents, if you have a child who, uh, you know, is maybe injured by vaccines or just they, their speech dropped off, like this this is pretty well known that if you yeah. use this spray, it will, it will help them get that speech back. Totally, totally. And uh, so they have an Instagram page, at TruthTRS, and they're always posting testimonials. Yep. Um, go check it out. I think they posted one earlier about just that issue, about a child, you know, vaccine injured and was actually regained speech in a pretty substantial amount of time. Pretty quick amount of time. So it's, it's good for anyone, though. Yeah. And they also, like, so uh, the makers of it, Cosiva, they just got in the CBD and fulvic business, fulvic acid. So it's, you know, a great way to complement your uh, detox from heavy metals. Um, this fulvic spray and CBD, advanced CBD. Super great, dude. So if you head over to truthtrs.com and go into the shop, they actually have the, the CBD and the fulvic spray and the advanced TRS, dude. It's just like boom, boom, boom. Can't can't beat it. So anyway, yeah. also definitely want to shout out our friend Cody. Cody. Cody's Crystals, at Cody's underscore crystals on uh, Instagram. He has just been killing it, dude. He's got the coolest gems and uh, uh, crystals. Um, he's got those big blue dagger things, dude. Like, I just love it. I like the big skulls. The skulls are pretty rad. The skulls are pretty rad. So, you guys, at least nothing else. Go head over to uh, at Cody's, plural, C-O-D-Y-S, underscore crystals on Instagram. Give him a follow. He's got live streams. I need to write down. I need to figure out where his when his live streams are because I know he does regular weekly live streams where he walks through and showcases all the different things that he has for sale. So, go check out his live streams. They're super entertaining. Yeah. Cody's a friend of the show. He's just super awesome. And literally, we'd not be able to do the show without him. And we're super grateful for his uh, support and so head over to Cody's Crystals give him a follow and tell him Truezilla sent you so um, I think and, and if, well if you can't support the show you know the other way uh, you yes. can always support the show is, is, yes. is like share and subscribe yep. you know yep. Um, yep. I mean I I see the people we've gotten some great comments recently on our um, iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts app and uh, you know those those really help us right like uh, yep. keeping up with those five star ratings really helps us so if if you're able to do that we would appreciate yeah, it totally. as well Totally, yeah, 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 absolutely. Good call. Thank you, Ed. I always forget. All right, guys, uh, enjoy the show. Another episode of Truezilla. My name is Scott, sitting here with my buddy Ed. So sorry, guys, Megan couldn't make it again tonight. She will be here soon. Uh, we are very, very honored to have our guest tonight. This is Matthew Raymer. He is the founder, CEO, owner, all that good stuff of Content Safe. Now, you guys may have heard of Content Safe. Um, Matthew's been on the Union of the Unwanted quite a bit, um, you know, and uh, has a new podcast called Deplatformed. Correct? Right? Right? Yes. Right. Awesome. Okay, you guys. So, Content Safe. Um, we use it. We use Content Safe. Um, it has been a revolution in our growth as a podcast, as a, as, as a show, and everything. You know, um, 
I just I can't wait to get into some of the just the fundamentals and the philosophies about what got you into this and kind of what motivated you to do this because I feel like at the core of all of this that's really the root of this problem is censorship, freedom of speech mm-hmm. yep. and yeah, and 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 what to do about it, what to do about it. You know, you've taken a very dramatic step in in coming up with a solution to it, you know. And uh so why don't we just start off? Why don't you explain what content safe is? Well, Simply stated, Content Safe is a content redistribution service. So we take data that came from one platform and we spread it out to a variety of platforms. And we're a flexible architecture, so we can get data from pretty much anywhere as long as it's online. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So um, as far as like to kind of, in my mind, the way I look at it is like, so, you know, if you're a content creator and you use like Podbean or uh, what's some of the other ones, some of the other like redistribution platforms for the MP3 RSS feeds, right? Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that. So like for us with the audio version, we'll upload the MP3 file to Podbean and then it'll shoot it out to Spotify, iTunes, you know, Stitcher, like all the other Castbox, yeah, Castbox yeah. all the platforms where uh, people listen to their audio podcasts. And so, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know, I don't really know of any other services like that for the video side of it. And so it's just super valuable. Not only that, but you keep, you archive it too. So when eventually right. it does get pulled off of YouTube, as we've seen very much, uh, you know, you, there's still a record of it that, that can live in perpetuity regardless of what happens, you know? And so and with right. video, video takes so much more time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really, it's not practical for a content creator to, to put your video on all these different platforms. Right. Yeah. Oh so. my God. I mean, that was, that was my hurdle. Right. That was my struggle. Like I was literally like there were, I spent so much of my time just trying to do that. And, and like, for me, it was like YouTube, Rockfin and Maybe BitChute if I felt like it, but then BitChute is just such a, yeah, you know, it's so, pain in the yeah, ass. it's a pain in the ass to upload yeah. to. Yeah, it really is. You know, even I, if you automate it, it still is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so for me, I was just so demoralized to the point where it's like, I just, I don't even, like, I'll put it on YouTube and Rockfin, but I can't do anything more than that. Like, I literally don't have enough time in my life or patience or energy to do any of that. And so, you know, after partnering with, with Content Safe, you guys have just opened up the door for us. And now we're on, as you guys all know, now we're on Odyssey, we're on Float, we're on Rumble, we're on Bit shoot rockfin and it's just automated that whole process for us and made my life so much easier <laughs> it's yeah. just like i can't even begin to explain how grateful for i am for you guys but but not only that you know it's just the whole idea of you know skirting around the powers that be you know they don't want this message getting out they don't they their right. goal their goal is to make our message disappear to shut us down to deplatform us they want us locked in in some tiny dark room for the rest of our lives with just bread and water and and that would make them they 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 are just <laughs> craving the day that that happens and and being in that place until we eventually get exterminated like that's what they want they will rejoice mm-hmm. the day that my voice is silenced i mean i think that this I, I, no go ahead I, I don't know if you i don't know if you guys happen to see i saw a thing before the show about uh i think it was the la airport mm. and someone was like paging recall newsom oh wow that's good. Over the, over the speakers, <laughs> you can't really. I know that we're often afraid of censorship, but mm-hmm. really, the system that as it's built is very porous. And if you understand how it works, it's very hard to censor. Mm-hmm. So the obstacle here is just having people like myself, and there are other people who could be doing this, but they just haven't had the initiative or the belief, that conviction to do it. And that's where I come in. I have the conviction to do it. Awesome. And I think, I mean, this comes down to like a fundamental principle of, I think, how we see the, the world, the direction of the world and, and, and where we're going is they are going to continue to close doors for us and it's going to force us to open new doors. And what, what it's going to do is Absolutely. we're going we're to create a better world in mm-hmm. the long run and their world is going to implode because it can't sustain itself, right? Like, it's already imploded. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. So this is just and, a, another did area. You hear that, did you hear that uh, Francis Fukuyama wrote an article just recently saying that American globalism is dead? Hmm. Hmm. You know the guy, yeah. end of history, Fukuyama, right? Hmm. I'm not, I'm not familiar. Give, give yeah. me a little rundown. It, give me a little rundown here. Well, Francis Fukuyama, I might be pronouncing his name wrong, but uh, he's a scholar in political, all things political, sure. and he published a book in the late 80s early 90s saying that american-based european-based globalism was going to be the future 
mm. and it was going to be the future for forever, basically yeah. for the foreseeable future. It was going to be what was going to be, and it was inevitable. And he just wrote an article after the fall of Afghanistan saying, I was wrong. What I was seeing was the end of globalism itself, mm. not globalism lasting forever. Yeah, mm. yeah. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems like to me, I mean, this is just like the big debate that we're having. Like, I mean, I think that to me, globalism just means in order to have a global government in place, you know, that that means like one of the ways I've heard it explained is like that would then mean you would need a an army you know, a government needs an army to justify its existence. You know, an army it needs an army to, uh, you know, hold itself up and prop itself up and defend itself. And if you have a global government, then what's the army going to be there to fight? And it has to be the citizenry. So the army COVID-19. is there to, to fight the citizenry. You know, and so ha- I think. Ha- have you have you seen the sci-fi series The Expanse? Hmm. Have not. I've been told to watch. Oh my I've heard it's great. That's. It is. It's a wonderful TV yeah. show. It's fantastic. And it, the way it visualizes the future is a globalistic Earth. Yeah. And what happens is, is they build a colony on Mars and the, the Martians rebel. Oh, okay. So it's like, you you guys are right. There, We always have to open another door and people are always going to be looking to open a door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the expanse, man... You talk about a social welfare state. Yeah. Three hundred years in the future, and they still have undocumented. Most of the population is undocumented. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So the the premise, I think, of us ever ending this fight is something we need to get out of our heads mm. because one of the problems we've had with the current situation we're in is we got very content with the idea that we didn't have a problem. Mm. When in fact, some of us knew for decades that there was a serious problem and the normies just weren't getting the fact that there was really a problem. And they're they're now, some of them are starting to wake up to it. Yeah. 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 That's our only hope. mm. And unfortunately, I'm afraid that it's going to require a lot more suffering before the, the bulk of yeah, I feel like that's where we're at. You know, they're going to keep pushing. They're going to keep pushing. And it's going to be like this inflection point where all of a sudden they maybe they're going to push too hard on a certain day or one of these things is going to go spin out of control. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that think that this Afghanistan thing is like this thing that's going to spin out of control. But I don't know, dude. I don't see it I that mean, way at all. I think this is perfectly there. It's going exactly according that's to plan. That's how they get Kamala like, in. It. Yeah, well, that's I how mean, they sure. get the Kamala in. Sure, right? sure, sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I I'm not an optimist. I, I try to look at things from a very meta perspective, mm-hmm. and I try to look at the strengths and the weaknesses, which which is one of the beauties of having access to all sorts of information. Yeah. Because if all you ever see is two options, yeah. you're never really going to be able to imagine what other possibilities there are. And I'm not convinced that, and I do know that there is social engineering, uh, sure, 100%, confident. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. But I'm not convinced that these social engineers actually understand everything they do and the consequences of. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know that they have scenarios and they have simulations mm-hmm. and they have models. Sure. Mm-hmm. But as climate science is showing us, models are more just propaganda than they are, you know, actual. Yeah, and I think a lot of the fact that they don't take into consideration is they don't take into consideration how resilient we are and how determined we are and how much we value our basic freedom and how much, you know, we have resolve right. and we're connected to a higher source and how we are right. absolutely determined and we're not going to relent. I mean, they they, take, they don't take that into consideration. And, and, you know, maybe they do to a certain extent, but I don't think they understand the, the well, depth well, I would and the, say the that, breadth of it. That as they've pushed harder, like uh, our community has leveled up. Oh right? yeah! Like, oh, yeah. like yeah. we we have yeah. like all like gotten just met wonderful people and like start. I mean, for me, you know, I have a garden, right? Like, <laughs> I like I didn't have a garden before this, right? Like, you know, I've met all these kinds of people that are like uh, very freedom minded, and we're like looking at how we're gonna get through this next phase of whatever happens, right? Like, we're we're very resilient, yeah. and uh, you know, I feel right. more empowered now than oh, I yeah. way more empowered than I did before. Totally right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I know that. Uh, I've seen family deal with the situation in a marvelous way. Mm-hmm. And and on our side, of course, I'm not living in the U.S. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, here uh, I've seen, yeah, there are a, a lot of compliant people, but there's also a 
lot of people who just throw a wrench in the works, mm-hmm. make make all the protocols fail to be enforced, and it, it's it's really nice to see. What was heartwarming to me was to see the school board meetings in the last couple of yeah, weeks. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely, including our friend Ricky Verandas. You yep, know, definitely. tearing it up, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I was at some point I was going to get into that with you if you're comfortable talking about your neck of the woods. Um, just kind of give us a rundown of what you got going on over there, if that's all right. Well, uh, without being very specific about yeah. where I'm at, I'm yeah, in yeah. Southeast Asia. Yeah. And I know that uh, you will hear a lot of frightening things from my part of the world, but I've been here 26 years. Yeah. And as, um, one of the first expats that ever kind of took me under his wing and told me about how to live here. Uh, he'd been here 30 years whenever I had only been here five. And he was like, son, nothing's ever the way it seems to be here. Don't think you understand what's going on. Wow. That's the first lesson. Yeah. Second thing he said is if the government here were efficient, it would be hell. Luckily it's not efficient. Hmm. So we get a lot of press that says that they've got strict protocols and this and that and the other. But when you get on the ground, you could walk around, even though there's a fine for not wearing a a mask. Nobody gets fined for not wearing a mask. The people who wear them are Mm -hmm. self-enforcing. I just went to a restaurant this morning it says on the door, no face shield, no mask, no entry. The, they actually had a sign posted right behind our table. We didn't wear face masks. We didn't wear shields. We ordered our food. We enjoyed our meal. No problem. So America and the West, the level of com- compliance is uh, I just don't even understand yeah. it oh, because yes. it's just not not the same here. People yeah. just ignore it. Wow, there you go. That's it, awesome. it is. I mean, we have our the United States. Like it, it varies a lot. We are mm-hmm. to happen to be in one of the the bad parts of it, but like, horrible. But there, <laughs> but there are many states that I mean, we hear to, from guests and just people we know and stuff that they don't follow any of these any of these mm-hmm. mandates at all either so mm-hmm. it my depends family on where you're is at. in kentucky yeah my family is in kentucky in fact my office is in kentucky mm-hmm. and uh my brother just like never he wore a mask once to mm. get his driver's license renewed yeah man our kentucky huh that's that's definitely on the list i know man I'm looking at <laughs> well, tennessee, you know, tennessee. They, they have concealed carry no permit inside the boundaries of the state wow there you go there you go. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. brother went from having one firearm to having seven firearms <laughs> over the whole lockdown period. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> I think that's, a lot of people have done that. Absolutely. So, Matthew, uh, so I, we talk a lot about how on the show, like, you know, our whole lives have prepared us for this. Our whole lives mm. uh, have brought us to a point where we are in this position now. Like, I never thought that I'd be sitting in front of a microphone, like, like, doing the freedom cell thing, like putting on festivals. Like this is not how I envision myself, but it's like, it's so weird. I've just kind of found on myself in this role and, and same yeah. thing with Ed yeah. and then Megan too. Like, like we talk about this all the time. Like what has happened? Like the universe, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So I feel like you also have very much, like you talked about that you've seen, you've seen behind the the veil for, for decades and you know, so what, give us a little rundown of your background. Um, I know you obviously have to have some technical skills to do what you do, but give us like your background and like how you see yourself being put in this position as, as a, as a freedom fighter, freedom for speech. Freedom of speech. Well, it's inter- it's interesting. Uh, my life has been. I was just reflecting on this the other day. Uh, the number of things that I've been able to do and be involved in uh, in fifty years because I'm fifty one years old. Mm-hmm. I started out in Southern Indiana on a farm. My dad, at the age of sixteen, was telling me. The bankers control the world. Ooh, okay. Right on. Yep. Right. And he was a subscriber to all sorts of independent newspapers because back then, of course, there's no, there's no, no internet yet. And um, I was, I'm still to this day a little curious how he managed to end up 
involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, all together. Because my dad was really quiet. But I think one thing that might have been the, the reason why he inquired, he looked into it, was because he, well, my, my eldest brother, because I'm like the youngest mm-hmm. in the family, by... I, by 16 years, I'm the youngest. Oh, wow. My dad, my mom was 16 whenever she had her first, my, my eldest brother. So, uh, and she was 37 whenever she had me. So it, it was like a big wide gap between yeah. us. And that eldest brother volunteered to go to Vietnam. Mm. And he died the year I was born. Wow. Wow. So I think that might have been what pushed him. My dad was very intelligent, but not formally schooled. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other bunch of stories. Fast forward a bit. I was the last child. I was spoiled a bit. So all of the money went into me. <laughs> and uh, I got my first computer whenever I was 13. I started my first IT business when I was 15. We were involved in the bulletin board movement in the mid 80s. Mm. So we were writing bulletin board software for modems, 300 baud modems wow. in the 1980s. Wow. Yeah. And that, I got interested in the sciences, specifically physics. So I triple majored as an undergraduate in computer science, math, and physics. Went off to graduate school in physics, NC State, and burned out. Had perfect grades, but... I burned out and I realized, you know, I'm smart enough. I can do whatever I want to do. But, and I liked physics to this day. I still follow the electric universe and, and all of that stuff because I find that fascinating. Still stay in touch with my classmates who were all heads of hospitals and all sorts of stuff now. And, uh, but I didn't want to do it the rest of my life. So a friend of mine in North Carolina had married a Filipina and he said, well, you know, we're, we're, we've started a business in Hong Kong because they were recruiting Chinese to come to the U S this is like the early nineties. So, uh, I, uh, took a summer off, went, met my wife in Hong Kong and got proposed and got married a year later. And, uh, I, one other little side story that's relevant to compensate uh, was uh, I was in a class toward the end of graduate school in computer science, and I had a professor come in. and We, we already had the internet in our university. So he came in just kind of frustrated. He said, you know, this internet can't stay open. It's going to have to be censored. <laughs> wow. And I remember sitting there thinking, no. No. It shouldn't be censored. Yeah. That would be wrong. And I, you know, that was just my instinctual answer to yeah. his objection. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea where things were going to go from there. But that did set something in my mind that from that point forward, whenever media started to become more easily available online, audio, video, I kind of had this instinctual reaction like, you know, it this is a good piece of material. Maybe I should keep a copy of it because who knows? Mm-hmm. They might actually do it someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to fast forward more, and man, we could spend hours talking about all the stuff <laughs> I've been involved in here just to start a family and you know, all the stuff that brought me to content sake. Mm-hmm. I would say even though my dad had been telling me this stuff, I didn't really start to wake up until 2008. Mm, okay. It was in 2007, 2008 that I was listening to BBC and CNN and I said, why am I listening to this? This is all nonsense. I can get better information online. So I canceled all my cable subscriptions. And I said, no, we're just going to, you know, read articles online. Because at the time, I wasn't even really convinced about uh, YouTube. Mm. I was still like, "Ah, I don't know. That's I'm not. I I think if I start watching YouTube videos, all I'll do is watch YouTube videos all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Yeah. Uh, So it was 
uh, written material and audio. And by about 2012, when Obama got his second term in office, that's whenever I started listening to Alex Jones. Ah, okay. All right. And I remember my first reaction was, this guy's a nut. But it didn't take long until I was listening every day. And I found myself saying, you know, not that's plausible. That's possible. I think I believe that. And quickly, though, I also found that I couldn't handle the hyperbolic language. I was losing sleep at night. So I started looking into actually doing something. Mm -hmm. First thing that came to my mind was health, preparation. So I started doing those sorts of things. But it wasn't that long until I'm like, well, I'd like to keep these copies of this stuff and Maybe other people would like to see this. So my first incarnation of Content Safe was just a volunteer project that I built an MP, uh, an RSS reader that would automatically read RSS feeds and it would turn them into torrents mm. and then they would be uploaded to torrent sites. And what year was this? What year was this when you first started doing the Content Probably Safe? Probably 2014. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it really transition say around 2016 yeah around 2016 2017 we started doing our first prototype of direct uploads to other platforms we started with BitChute, and uh, we've actually went through a whole re-engineering in the last year uh with the system that you guys are enrolled in Mm -hmm. uh that it's much more flexible i i've even created last week new systems that if we have too many videos piled up for a platform, we, it can offload uploading responsibility to a backup uploader. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get ready for scaling. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's basically my story in a nutshell. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. You know, um, scaling that's good you know i really hope some folks like listen to this episode and kind of just feel like if you guys want to take everything to the next level like this is just like this is not like a paid promotion at all dude like we stand i stand behind this 100 percent, man because i honestly and i just want to encourage people to like reach out to matthew and like say hey like what like get a consultation because to me i was going into it thinking like well there's probably no way this is going to work out they're probably going to want like ten thousand dollars a month or something like that and like i'm just like and then we talked and i was like wait whoa whoa hold on what I mean, what? That's it? Like, I feel guilty. Like, even, like, I just, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. And so, so anyway, like, it's just such an amazing value for, like, it's you've saved me so much grief, and I just want to make sure that everybody understands. Like, it's just, it's, it's such, the value is just absolutely out of this world. Yeah, I think, I think it's essential. I mean, if, if you <sighs> yeah. are a content creator at yeah. this point, you know, I mean, and if, like I said earlier, I mean, just video, it's, it takes so much time to upload yeah. your video to all these different places. Oh, my God. But at the same time, like, it's, it's that world is dying. Like, so, so YouTube, yep. I mean, we, we barely put anything on YouTube yep. anymore. Yep. Like to, our main channel, our anyway. main channel yeah, yeah. because, because we got two strikes. Right? We'll probably put this on our main channel just yeah. because yeah, to, to, to help drive content away from YouTube. You know, this is, this is, I mean, that's, that's really the only purpose for our main channel. <laughs> sure, the only sure. purpose for our main channel existing is to get people over to Rockfin, over to Odyssey, over to float. You know, that's, yeah. that's going to be our main yeah. prerogative for that chain, for that portion. And, and, and it's, those are going to be the, the places that, of the future, right? Yeah. Like, like YouTube, Rockfin, dude, I'm all YouTube in on has proven to all of us over and yeah. over. They don't want us. Yep. They don't want our content. Right. They don't want us. So, right. so we're, all we're doing is using them as a tool to advertise where we're going to put our content. And like, not only that, not only that, but we're using them as a tool to utilize. So like what I do, my, my kind of workflow is that I upload to, uh, YouTube, one of my our backup channels. So we have two backup channels. All of you out there, if you want to look up, there's one that's called Aliens Killed Kennedy is one of them. The other one is TZ Backup. Um, and so we, now I upload... Well, first it was just Aliens Killed Kennedy. I would Don't upload, go there. Go uh, to our rock fan. Well, yeah, go saying, to but, our yeah, well, I'm just saying, if you guys... Yeah, anyway, but what, what we're doing is we're using YouTube against them. So what I do is I, use, I upload to YouTube one of our backup channels and then Content Safe, Matthew takes that video file and then distributes it everywhere else. So I'm basically using YouTube to distribute this to everywhere else. So basically using them against themselves, which is great. I love it. So it's a very powerful tool that we've got in our, in our pocket here. So, yeah. And, yeah. And I, I wish that other content creators, cause I, I listen to a lot. I consume oh, yeah. totally. a lot of yeah. content, Yeah, uh, which is one of the other reasons I like this as a business. Yeah, is totally. Because, well, I get the opportunity to consume content. Totally. 
And um, what I wish that they would stop doing is looking at this purely from a marketing standpoint mm. because you'll hear them say i don't want to dilute my brand by uh posting on multiple platforms ah no we need to stop thinking yeah like not that. at all that yeah yeah th- this is the time to actually reach out to these alt platforms because the people who would spend the time to get an account on youtube which is another platform, mm. and watch their content on YouTube, that means there's a whole other audience yeah. of people out there that probably aren't on BitChute, they aren't on Rumble, they aren't on Rockfin. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And not only that too, but if you're, they're already on these platforms, then they're probably, they've probably taken a red pill to some extent, you know, that they've, they've, they've made the transition and they've taken that extra little bit of effort that it takes, you know, like Sam Tripoli talks about it all the time, like, like just doing that one little extra little bit of effort to go to a different platform. Oh, James Corbett too talks about it a lot. It's just like, it's mind boggling yeah. how people don't have the willingness. And I get it. I mean, I get it that the willing, and Megan was, if Megan were here right now, she'd be laughing. We'd be giving her a hard time about getting off YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. I know. So shout out to Megan. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> they've already taken that extra step of being willing to go to a new tube or platform or an odyssey. I mean, right there tells you that they're already on the level and then they're hungry for your content. You know, Corbett talks about how once he got deplatformed from YouTube, like his views blew up once he did the full all in on, on not only his website, but like Odyssey, for example, library, that sort of stuff. It's the same thing right. that happened with uh, the high wire, yep, right? The yep. high wire, they were seeing like, you know, uh, I think Dell said they were getting like four or five thousand people watching when they would put their videos out live, or those, those were the the what YouTube was telling them. As soon as they got off of there and started putting, they started their own website and mm-hmm. hosting their own videos. They were seeing literally millions. Yeah, they went from yeah a few thousand to millions, and I'm sure YouTube was lying. But yeah. I, I at the same time, um, you know, I mean, I think you know, it's yeah, it's it's, it's a rigged game. It's it's totally a rigged yeah. game. Well, and why pick them whenever there's literally thousands of other people saying exactly the same thing yeah. that mm-hmm. Dell is saying? Why not deplatform all of them? Why yeah. Highwire? Yeah. Because they had the most credibility. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. And so you get rid of them and you say, well, we got rid of the most credible. So these others, we don't have to worry too much about them mm-hmm. because yeah. they're not as credible. Mm-hmm. And there is some truth to that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think we always kind of looked at it. We would, we were kind of like earning our stripes when we'd get our YouTube strikes. And oh yeah, stuff, totally. You know? <laughs> but we got we got taken off Spotify recently, which yeah. is freaking awesome. Uh, that was a big one. But you know, we ended up getting it reinstated. But they were they were doing. You see, this is the thing. This is the thing. Is like our side. You know. All we do is we speak truth. We speak truth to the best of our knowledge and the best of our ability. We research stuff and we have the best intentions. Them, I feel like it's all just chicken shit bullshit. They're just pulling chicken shit moves and they're trying to like undermine and sabotage and and derail mm-hmm. and and use petty rules and try to just use whatever they can to get to get to attack. You know, it's 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 it's, it's petty. It's chicken shit. Well, like for us, well, like it's, it's also about control, though. Yeah. I think like how much of it's. I mean, I mean, the name Infowars is the name Infowars for a reason. Yeah. Like, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like if if the people had all of the information, we would not be in this mess we're in right no, now. No, exactly, like, exactly. That's for that's sure. It. That's right. It. So that's it. I definitely. Yeah, I, I want to get definitely into that here, but I was just gonna say, but like, so Spotify got us for. It's the the notification we got was for copyright infringement for breaking their music mm-hmm. policy, and I was like, we don't have any music on the show at all. We have that little the riff at the beginning of our episodes, but that's that's my band. Like, come on, you guys, like, what the heck? Like, that's crazy. Like, so, uh, but so they're just they just pulled some chicken shit bullshit to get us, but um, we disputed it and we actually were able to get uh, our Podbean. I mean, they they kind of backed us up a little bit, and I think they may or may not they they were kind of vague about things, but I feel like they maybe had a part and maybe helping it get reinstated but i don't know anyway so um so we are back on spotify but we did get attacked which is which is good like i was i was i was stoked i was like i made a little meme with like balloons and pollen there like we got we got to take it off spotify woo yeah <laughs> i do want to make one side note that yeah. is not on that specifically yeah. but uh just uh just because i i just listened to your episode your last episode with with ricky on mm. uh the ripple effect and he was trying yes. to remember who uh got the video pulled from uh, rumble and, mm. and and that was us that was us we yeah. got our it was our uh, 10 stages of genocide yep, yep. which which youtube didn't it's kick still, off yep, it's, it's still just, on so, youtube so rumble pulled a video of ours and huh. we we appealed it and they said no nope, no nope, this violates our policy for violence they said it was it was violent 
And uh, I'm like, okay. It's, it's a little documentary. Yeah, it's a documentary I mean, we made. It's like a, it's yeah. like a 20 minute documentary about the 10 stages of genocide. I and, remember it. Yeah, and, from, I see yeah. it on BitChute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, uh, <laughs> somehow YouTube thinks it's okay, but Rumble censored, which is kind of weird because I saw an article yesterday, Cumulus Media, who hosts uh, Dan Bongino and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're mandating, man, mandating vaccines for all their employees. <laughs> and I know that Bongino is one of the sta- shareholders, stakeholders in Rumble. So I don't know, dude. There might be some fake, fakey, fakies around here or something. But well, you know, I know some really good <laughs> content creators over on Rumble. Yeah, and I'm actually trying to reach out to them. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Viva Frey? It's uh, mm-hmm. an attorney in Montreal. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think the Grimerica guys know them. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, w- there's a Canadian, and then there's an American attorney, uh, Robert Barnes. Yeah, Robert Barnes, the attorney totally. Representing Alex Jones. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're having a lot of success on Rumble. Good. A lot. Good. Uh, and he is very, like, representing people against vaccine mandates yeah. and all sorts of stuff like that. I really would like to have him as a client. Absolutely. Hey, the, the, the great client. If, if you get a hold of Robert Barnes too, let me know, dude. That'd be badass. Like, <laughs> I see you. I see you posting all uh, his stuff all the time in the Union Chat channel. So that's awesome. Big fan. He's yeah. got great stuff. Yeah, he's he all, he's one on of point. The first people, you know, he's one of the first people to point out the problems with the uh, approved uh, CB nineteen vaccine. Oh, totally, totally, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been following his work for a minute. In fact, just today I heard him on uh, good old Alex Alex Jones talking about. Uh, Made a good observation that I hadn't even thought of. It's like, okay, so now that the FDA, now that the uh, Pfizer shot has been FDA approved, doesn't that mean that all the other emergency use authorizations need to be revoked? Moderna, AstraZeneca, uh, what's the other one? Freaking Johnson and Johnson. Does it, so now that they've got like a, an approved vaccine or approved shot, all the other emergency use authorizations are invalid, right? So, right, right. I I see your point. Yeah, I see yeah. your point. But there's the, what the, I mean. Again, this comes down to. They will do whatever they want, no, well, right? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't matter, right? And uh, that's right. And, and I think that. The, but their narrative will be like, oh, uh, you know, there's we only have this much vaccine, so we have to use everything we have, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. there's still people screaming that like, oh, the third world hasn't gotten it yet. Yeah, you know, that's it. you that's guys it. can't get your you guys can't get your boosters yet because we need to put them over here. That's what I think from the World Health yep, Organization. Yep, yep, yep. Tedros. Uh, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's a whole that's a whole thing now. So now they're getting the script flipped it's on just, them. It's just all the scarcity model, yeah. right? It's just all marketing, mm-hmm. really. It's just mm-hmm. all marketing. Yeah, but I think that is a great. Yeah. We we can actually leverage that too. We could be like, okay, yeah. So all these third shots that you're trying to do, that's that's pretty racist. I feel like that's really racist <laughs> that you well, want to do those three shots hey guys you know yeah. here nobody pays for those vaccines totally yeah. well well like we oh oh, for, oh yeah, right yeah. right so what happens is they say they gave the vaccines to the country right yeah, yeah. so they also give them matching funds to administer them so i am seeing cases of uh, and this is typical in southeast asia uh where they will say we vaccinated 500 people today. But if you were to go look at the logbook and there's one person that is online saying this, the logbook would say that only 200 people were vaccinated. Mm. And there are other cases like they put out 3000 plastic chairs for a mass vaccination and nobody sat in them. And they made everybody wait in line until that 3000 was done. And then they allowed them to come in. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. I nice. mean, it's all just, it's all just nonsense, man. It's all yeah, nonsense. It is yeah. complete yeah. nonsense for sure. But, uh, uh, it's crazy. So, all right. So I, I want to go back to what Ed was talking about a minute ago. And like, sure. I feel like this is exactly, I mean, this is what, what we're here, what we're here to do. You know, we're here to override censorship and get the message out to as many people as we possibly can. And you're a huge piece of us allow, allowing us to do that. You know, like what Ed was saying, like, like this, this whole narrative and where we're at today would not exist without censorship. Censorship yep. is their biggest tool. You know, I feel like we would be, you know, if we were able to be in a world where we could put two opposing ideas up on pedestals and let them see the light and, and show all the data, show all the science and have full transparency about all the clinical trials and have all of the hospital records and everything just up front and available, even through, even if we were to do like, you know, Freedom of Information Act requests on, 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 on all this stuff and just get all the information. Or if we could like, 
you know, we could go to vaccine court and have discovery on some of the practices of these manufacturers or just do all any any of this information. If it was available, we wouldn't be in this mess. We would not be in this mess at all. And I, I mean, we don't even need to do that, though. We just need to the people that are saying that are bringing the other information are just being censored. If, if, yeah. if, if people were to just hear the information that's being censored, mm-hmm. right, they don't even know. They don't even know that, uh, you know, the. Uh, uh, was it Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA, is a whistleblower? They don't yeah. even know who he is, right? Like yeah. they don't even know about Geert Vanderbosch, who was like a head of uh, Pfizer vaccine developments. He's a whistleblower, right? Like they don't know about like all these people that are within that system that have blown the whistle and predicted exactly what's happening and have said this is wrong. Like they don't know that. Or, or if they do, what little they do know is just the little headlines that they see, like oh, crazy conspiracy theorist, tinfoil yeah. hatter, like blah blah blah, anti-vaxer, right? Some disparaging well, a, term. Lot, a lot of lies happen in the headlines and get yeah. corrected in the body of the article. Yeah, it's hundred percent, hundred percent, totally. Yeah, totally. So if so if we're if if this is what we're up against, you know, um, if if censorship is their biggest tool um, and their biggest thing, like, what do you feel like is our biggest tool to counter that? What do you say? Well, I am a I, I'm a strange technologist. Mm-hmm. I don't ultimately believe that technology is the solution. Mm. I think it's a tool that we would be wise to use it smartly, but I also think grassroots communication is the ultimate, Mm. the ultimate. That's why I'm really heavy on like, uh, if you're an activist that's on the ground with a limited budget, I give them compensate for free Mm. because it's like, no, I want to encourage people who are going out on the streets and talking to people about this. I want those people to get back. Yeah. Because that's really how you make a difference. Yeah. Uh, Reach the people who will listen. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's looking out for videos. Uh, I think a lot of what we do with, we do get new people through shows like yours. Mm -hmm. But I think the real importance of, say, Truthzilla is keeping the community informed that's already on the same page. Yeah. Yeah aware of new information and giving them moral support that's the most important thing you guys can do totally i mean that's that that's it right there you know and it's just that organic growth you know we're not going to be ever like promoted on the front page of like itunes or anything like you know what i mean we're not gonna be the featured show featured episode like they start up their app (laughs) and they're like yeah yeah, we'll be up there right next to like the new uh what is it like what i don't even know who's famous these days i don't know kevin hart had a new podcast it's like us and kevin hart up there that's never gonna happen right i don't know so but but so that that grassroots piece you know of of, and then everybody just sharing the show you know if you want to be if you want to be a part of the solution you know you share our shows you know you share Mm -hmm. ripple effect you know you always see us wearing other podcast shirts stuff like that like like just being supportive of each other and all the communities and stuff like like you know we, we have this amazing robust community and all these people with all these different various backgrounds and perspectives and, and attitudes and i see in the alternative media community so many people that maybe traditionally would be opposing like maybe not opposing sides but like you know uh left and right you know on rockfin you see a lot of that like like um you know it's a, i had this amazing experience where um you know i was on slow news day um you know steve poikin in his uh I hope I pronounced his last name right. But anyway, so I was on. I just popped in on one of his shows just real briefly, and we were chatting and stuff. And like, um, a listener of our show was like, uh, "Oh, it's my favorite lefties." And I was like, "And I was like, well, I thought he was talking about me." I'm like, "What the fuck, dude? The fuck did you say? What the fuck did you say to me?" <laughs> and then he's like, "No, no, no, slow news day. They're my favorite lefties." I'm like, "Oh, they're they're lefties. I didn't even I don't even think of those terms with them at all. It's like it's like all these folks who you know traditionally would be." On one side or the other, like we're all coming together, we're all starting to wake up, and we're all starting to see the big picture. You know what I mean? Like, like big shout out well, to them. But it's like you tw- know, I didn't. Twenty sixteen was all the leftists opposing Trump. Yeah. Twenty twenty one is all the conservative Trump people opposing Biden. Yeah. And then there, I was following uh, Richard Grove's group autonomy. Okay. Okay. And uh, what I noticed was a lot of people pre-election were leftists who found their way to autonomy and said, hey, wait a minute, there's a lot of great people here, and I think where I came from isn't working out so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to try dealing with these people for a while. So I met this one guy, a leftist poet. Yeah, I think he's an immigrant, uh, the child of immigrants, and uh, he lived in New York. He fled New York, went to Florida during the lockdowns, 
and is partnered now with a bunch of Trump people in a freedom cell. There you go. Yeah. That's so hilarious, you know. I Yeah. Yeah, we've had we had a similar dude. That's that's been our freedom my freedom cell experience too. Totally, totally. So many of the folks that have because we started our own little freedom cell here in the Eugene area, Eugene, Oregon area, and like, you know, we have tons of people and we've been networking with the Portland Freedom Cell and we've got people all the way up the west coast up to Seattle. You know, they they, they do a festival up there near Seattle called Squatch Fest. Um, they got one coming up in October. So if you guys are in the area, squatchfest.site, squatchfest.site, um, you can get all the information about the upcoming Squatchfest. I think it's the weekend of October. It's like the third week, October 21st, 22nd, somewhere around there, uh, up in the Seattle area. Uh, that's like the PNW, uh, um, PNW Freedom Cell event. Um, and, you know, I went to one in, in, in the spring, and that inspired us to start one here in Oregon. We called it Manifest. It was an awesome thing. We kind of pulled it together at the last minute, but it was freaking awesome, man. It was great. It was um, it was, yeah, so we're going to do that again next year. Um, shout out to Mark. Um, you know, it really helped us put that together and all the whole crew. But, like, you know, that's definitely been my experience with our little freedom cells. That so many of these folks are just like, you know, they're really traditionally just like left-leaning people that are just like, this doesn't even, this doesn't make any sense at all. And they were just looking for solutions outside of it. And it's just been like, it's so cool. It's like the whole paradigm has shifted you know what i mean like our views haven't changed our views haven't changed right it's it's the paradigm that's kind of transplanted and, itself you know and it's silly for us we can we will never be able to have uniformity of the way we look at the world yeah because we all have different experiences yes yeah 100%. and those different experiences are going to cause us to look at the world differently yeah but we all share the same planet and there are common experiences that we can work together on yeah, there shouldn't be a there shouldn't be a problem with that. 100%. And you've got a few dummies that mm-hmm. think that they can make everybody think the way they do. Yeah, but uh, they're dummies. Yeah, they're not yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been it, it's been quite a journey, man. Yeah, and I just my point of view and what's how it's evolved over this last few months, really. But um, is is I just think, and I mean, the content safe safe is a great example. It's just like we are the ones that are going to create the new world because that world mm-hmm. is going to die. It's just, yeah. it's I'm unsustainable. It. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really like to bring it down to just like the, the local, like I, I really feel like we're on the verge of probably not being able to go into stores. Right. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We're going to create organic grocery stores yeah. that are for us. Right. And ours, we're going to be sustainable. When that model falls, people will want to come to ours anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, think, right. you know, that's, that's just, well, one example, but like that's that's how the whole world is moving right now. They are closing all right. these doors, right? So, but we are we're not going to starve, and uh, you know, no. um, we had Kevin Jenkins on, who's like, what is it? Freedom Air yeah, yeah, Airlines, yeah. Freedom, Freedom, Freedom Airways, Freedom yeah. Airways, they, Freedom, Freedom Travel Alliance, I think. Yeah, they're they're creating a, a, an airline system where people won't have to mask and be vaccinated, right? And it's 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 uh-huh. it's, it's, it's in its intimacy right now, but you know. Uh, it, it, we need that, you know, mm-hmm. and the, we're going to find workarounds to, to all these problems. And it's, it, they're going to be better well, than they were before. For, for me personally, I, I just don't plan on traveling yeah. Uh, yeah. outside of my, my immediate vicinity for the foreseeable future. Sure. And one of the things we recognized early on was don't think in terms of your city, think Think in terms of your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we organized early on. We started convincing people to raise chickens and yes. to start their own little gardens. And literally, I kid you not, we have in this probably square kilometer over a thousand ends. Wow. That's amazing. And I it, love that so much. Yeah. And the best eggs you Ever yes, tasted. Yes, totally. they yes. they they grow out in the ban- they they raise their chicks and they lay their eggs in the bamboo. Mm. So what we'll do is we'll hire someone by the hour to go and collect as many eggs as they can get from the bamboo. So about well, we probably get maybe a, a couple dozen every other week, and then we keep uh, we still buy some from the store because supply up here is not a problem. Sure, you don't have a problem getting food. Uh, but we're trying to visualize in the future, organizing on a much smaller scale. Yes. Because uh, it's sustainable mm-hmm. and you know everyone that's involved. That's yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That's I it. love that so much. That really makes me want to like 
Go reach go out door to door. neighbors. Be like, hi. Like, just do a little Jehovah's Witness thing, put on a little bow tie, and be like, hi, I, I'd like to tell you, hello, my name's Ed. I'd like to tell you about the New World Order, please. I don't think I need to approach it like that, but just like, hey, you guys see kind of, you know, there could be food shortages coming, right? Yeah. Like, I think everybody can see that, whether you, no matter what you believe. You, we don't have to, like, to, to butt heads on, like, an issue. It's like, hey, there could be food shortages. I think we should think in our community about how we can support each other. I think mm-hmm. that's a, a great way of doing it. Yeah. You you can tailor your narrative to what it is the person is ready to receive. Yeah. 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 I, I had a neighbor before a lot of the, you know, the mandates, the talk, even before the talk about mandates had begun, I had a neighbor who is like really high in the government yeah. here. And he one night late he asked that I come and speak to him. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And he said, like, my nephew was the one that told me. And I was, he said he wants to talk about all this stuff and your opinion about it. And uh, he asked me to explain my views on American politics and local politics and talk about coronavirus and vaccines and basically the approach i took was like i don't think this guy's going to be ready to hear any alex jones level (laughs) stuff (laughs) what he's going to be ready to hear is is this safe or is there really a problem no there's not really a problem is what they're proposing really a safe solution no i would have nothing to do with it if i were you what would be the motivation for them doing this greed and power <laughs> and he's like i believe all of that yeah <laughs> yeah you don't Certainly. have to go any yeah. deeper than yeah. that you, you like, don't have yeah, to I believe all of that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i still I, I mean i'm people are still stuck with the belief that the government really truly cares about our health and safety and that they're doing everything they can and that the media is doing their they're they're, they're being criticized unfairly and they're doing Despite all the criticism, they're doing a really good job about keeping us informed and that these big pharmaceutical companies want nothing more than the most healthy population on the face of the planet. And that's why I just don't even talk to those people. I just, I don't (laughs) even, I, I, I'm sorry, but like, like at at the same time, that's why we come back to the only way this works is we build a better world. Yeah. Right. Like they're, they're going to hold on to that as long as they possibly can until it's totally imploded on them. Oh, and also, and also that Trump is, it's everything's Trump's fault. That's the other piece (laughs) of that too. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean. You don't have to like Trump yeah. to think that there's a problem. Yeah. And of course, you know, Trump was saying in his Alabama speech that everybody should get the shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, what the fuck is that, man? No. Yeah. no. He's, he's re- repeatedly said said yeah. that. So yeah. um, he's still yeah. talking about the shots because yeah. even if even though the mass media doesn't tell you, like, uh, he's he's rallying all around right now. Yep. Yep. He's going all around. Yep. Yeah, he better come correct with that back stuff, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I hear I clips well, and it's just I, all the that's same. That's why I'm like you guys. I, I just don't even bother. Yeah. Uh, in, I remember I was talking with a client back in 2015. And he's like, uh, well, he didn't like Trump. No. I didn't even think the guy was going to be elected. Yeah. Uh, and I said, look, I, I just decided that this is in 2015. I said, I've decided that I can't wait on anybody to save me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no saviors. I have to save myself, my yeah. family, and anyone else that will listen. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shoot, Matthew. So what's next with Content Safe? Like, I know you've been, I know you're innovating over there. Like, what, what, what are some of your moves that you're making? Well, you know, one thing as far as promotion is the podcast. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Tell us about that. And, yes. And I am going to be talking with the Brimerica guys. They nice. get the honor of being the absolute first group yes. to be interviewed by me for the platform. Yeah, they, they're the first one to schedule. Dude, they've been through the Mark ringer. Students. They've been through the ringer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they are definitely in a very difficult position. Yeah, I would not want to be in their position. Yeah. So there's deplatformed, which is going to be unique. I think it's unique in the way I do it. I approach it by producing a monologue first on a topic, and I focus primarily on asking questions, providing a little bit of context so the questions make sense. And I try not to give a perspective. What I'm trying to do is generate a cloud of questions around a variety of perspectives, and then I can get guests to come and answer some of the questions. Mm-hmm. 
And I think this is a great way to spur conversation because that's what I want to do. Yeah. And as I can get more people involved, it also helps me formulate more questions. Yeah. Because I found that I can't, I cannot take one position on anything anymore. Yeah. I have yeah. to take a variety of positions because, well, there's so much propaganda out yeah. there. How do you know what's yeah. true and what's false yeah. unless you do a lot of comparison? So, Promotion-wise, that's what's coming, and it looks like it's going to be starting to heat up uh, in September. Awesome. Uh, uh, technologically, we've got a lot of platforms supported. I think we're up to a dozen different platforms, and what I'm stepping back and doing now is internal stabilization of monitoring to make sure that we know what's going on. And with these platforms... They will change things, and we have no formal agreements with these platforms. So mm, yeah. we could kind of get kneecapped occasionally where someone changed how something worked. Totally. And it causes yeah. a video not to upload. Yeah. So we have to have better monitoring. Uh, I am looking to write some proposals to some angel uh, investors to try to get the money to build a metrics based system. Oh, nice. So what I. What I'd like to be able to do is, let's say that we publish you to six different platforms or five different platforms. I'd like to be able to track all your subscribers, all your views wow. over time yeah, and be able to give you all those metrics like you could get perhaps better than what you could get at YouTube. That's awesome. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's really Definitely. cool. Really cool. Um, all right. So I'm really curious. So Matthew, like you are a pioneer of free speech and anti-censorship. Um, if you could sit down in front of what? If you had a panel... Kind of like one of these school board meetings, right? Like if you had like Susan Wojcicki, however you say her name, the head of YouTube. If you had Mark Zuckerberg, if you had <laughs> Sundar Pichai sitting there on like a school board okay. meeting and you had like a one minute to go up with a microphone and tell them your thoughts, what would you say? <laughs> I would probably ask them questions. Okay. I know I would not get answers. Yeah. Maybe I would get half-hearted answers, but... My first question would be, do you feel that humanity has the capability to make their own decision? Mm. <laughs> Who do you think you are to make decisions for other people? Mm. Is this only a matter of money for you, or is this a completely different world view than what I share? about how you should deal with other people. Yeah. And maybe one snarky question. So how much is your soul worth? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How much baby blood have you drank today, boy? My family is a lot like me. And uh, whenever we see the Queen of England and we see mm -hmm. how old she is, I say, that's what a glass of baby blood will do for you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Got a glass of baby blood a day keeps yeah. the Grim Reaper yeah. away, man. Man. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Man, it's so funny that you're, you're talking about the Alex Jones thing. So I'm looking here at my last internet search right before the show. Ed and I was looking at what, what, what microphone does Alex Jones use? And here we go. It looks like an Electro Voice RE. 20 there you go so that's that's on my that's on my wish list right here so anyway <laughs> we're to upgrade our technology Whoa. around here <laughs> okay so funny all right sorry 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 <laughs> all right so matthew tell the folks how they can find you content safe uh set up a con like uh because like when we first started like you you uh said hey let's do a zoom call let's let's talk about it how can people reach out to you and get something like that going if they're interested we can go to our website contentsafe.co uh, we have an onboarding form there where you can fill up and answer a few questions that we would like to know so that we kind of get an idea of how big you are, how many videos per day, per week that you're publishing, what platforms you are on, what platforms you'd like to be on. And then we'll have an interview because I really like to get to know everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't visualize having a million clients. That's not the type of business we're running. I imagine at the furthest extent, maybe it's possible in our wildest dreams to have a thousand clients. Mm. But I, I don't even think it's going to get that big. So I really think that there's, it's going to be small enough that I can get to know everybody. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and that's one of my other goals. I want to be able to consume content and to know the people that produce the content so that I can schedule a Zoom call and say, hey, what's your opinion about this? Totally. Yeah, totally. So it, it, there is a selfish motive here. I, I really <laughs> do want to know more. Well, I think you've leveraged your interest and your passion into something that's, you know, that's, that supports you and you're doing such a great service. Like you're just right in that Venn diagram of just like, bam, right where you need to be. It's super cool. You know, so, you know, I'm honored to be able to work with you. Cause yeah, like Definitely. I said, like you just make my well, life so much I love easier, working man. With you guys. And I know I'm always shooting you messages and then that's the other thing too. Like just so accessible, so helpful. Cause you know, we'll upload a video to you, one YouTube channel and then that video will get taken down. We'll get a strike. I'm like, Matthew, I'm sorry. I got to take a, th- I got to make a third backup channel because all our, all our channels have strikes <laughs> and you're super cool about just bam. No problem. No problem. We'll figure it out. You know? So it's just like, man, I can't, I can't say enough. Like you've made my life so much easier and we're super grateful. And, uh, well, one of our one of our working philosophies, and I I've went round and round again with marketing people about this, and they say force everybody to do it one way. Yeah. I'm like, no, I am not going to run this business yeah. that way. We are going to try as much as possible to accommodate the workflow that works for the client. And we've got all this incredible open source technology. Yeah. It's all free stuff. Yeah. I I don't think I've had to buy a license for anything related yeah. to content set. That's cool. And, and we can do all this interoperation between services. And I've got a really great team backing me. So while I am the primary architect, and I do often get my hands dirty, uh, say, taking what someone else wrote and maybe adjusting it. Uh, I still have a great team. It would be much more difficult to do this without them. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you're doing great work. Thank you for everything you do for us and for everybody else and for just the movement and for freedom of speech in general. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, can't, can't wait to, we'll have to catch up again soon. You know, deplatformed everybody. Yeah. Check it out. Definitely. Where can we Thank find deplatformed? Oh, deplatform.co. Okay. Deplatformed.co. Now what's one last thought there. We are planning, we're not quite ready, but we are planning that all of the platform will first be published on IPFS. IPFS, okay, and cool. Not, ooh, yeah. And ooh. then broadcast after that. Okay, all right, all right. Um, maybe it's worth taking a moment for that. Can, do you, can you briefly explain what IPFS, IPFS is? Yeah. That interplanetary file sharing, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, interplanetary file system. System, okay. And basically, IPFS is an improvement on BitTorrent. Mm. You, you guys... Have a little bit, yeah, yeah. BitTorrent, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. right. Well, that, with BitTorrent, you had to go around sharing a hash key to download a file, right? Well, in IPFS, you still have hash keys, but these all are connected to a file system like you would see in Windows. Mm. Okay. So that it has folders, it has individual files, and really, it's the future... Something like IPFS or IPFS itself is the future for content creators. Okay. Period. And what I find interesting is that, and this is another call, (laughs) uh, that it will not mean the end of platforms. Hmm. What it will mean is that platforms need to be reimagined around communities instead of around servers. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's great. Down, down. I'm all the way down. Because yeah, <laughs> now you've got, basically you've got a disc. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a disc of all the content created everywhere on the internet. Nobody owns it. It's mm. shared across the whole Perfect. And we can build communities, which basically become Rockfin and Rumble. And, and it's, it's actually brilliant insanely brilliant model where the companies don't even need the expensive servers once this is done it's all held by the community wow and then and then probably eliminates censorship too like if it's just distributed everywhere like you, you like can't, decentralized you can't yeah. yeah if it's decentralized you can, like that and, yeah. you know ultimately it allows the individual to control say my opinion about ais is that mm. ai should be controlled on the individual level and not on a centralized level mm. AI is inevitable. 
let's make sure that the individuals run the AIs and that you don't allow corporations to run the AIs. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then you have exchanges of data sets and all sorts of really cool stuff that would allow an individual to filter things coming in off of IPFS. Cool. Down. Yeah. Um, as, as we start to innovate towards that direction, like, 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 let us know, let us know. I would love to get involved with something like that as well. Totally. Yeah. Oh, sure. too. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm always looking out for the bleeding edge stuff and what I'm hoping to do with content safe is to let that be a stepping stone into this really other cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. We're going to be on this Fantastic. ride with you. All right, Matthew. Thank right. you so much, brother. Thank take care so over much, there. Man. Have a wonderful night. Yeah, take care. There you go. That's good, man. I, I, I didn't, I don't really understand that interplanetary. Yeah. It seems it's so like I get the bit, I, I, the bit I understand torn stuff. The, the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. But like logistically. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just how it all works and how that, how we create rock fins by communities. You know. Well, so I think what he means is like, you know, so, so right now we're like Rockfin has their servers, right? Google has their servers, but this so is going to be, it's going to be distributed. distributed, you know, like bit like torrents, how like that was their whole loophole is that like a little bit of the file gets stored over here, a little bit of the file yeah, gets stored be, over be there. Stored across or everybody's yeah, yeah. systems. Yeah, yeah. I, I see, yeah. I see that, that model, but I'm just, I'm just seeing like, I, I see the advantages. So like, I mean, like, you know, like Rockfin's on Amazon service. Yes. Yeah, so like, yeah. So, yep, yep, so yep. that like, I see exactly what he's talking about, but just like, um, I don't know how do, how do we get there. I don't know. Like, how does it really work? Well, that's like, why we need con people like like Matthew and content. Say, we're gonna we're gonna we're yeah. gonna uh, delegate and outsource that for sure. Yeah, oh, so. for sure. Makes <laughs> people way smarter than me yeah. for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a great guy, man. Totally, I mean, totally. We are so Pioneer. blessed, blessed to have uh, met him yeah. and uh, have using his service. Yeah, you know? totally. And you guys, you know, I just I literally can't stress it enough. Like, if you're a content creator and you're just banging your head against the wall. Like, oh my God, I'm spending all my time uploading videos to all these platforms. Like, dude, just just trust me. Like, it's super affordable. Like, I can't even believe how affordable it is. And it's just like... And, it's, and it's, again, it's, it's, it's... I feel it's guilty. An, I feel guilty. Like, every month, I'm just like, God, man, I feel guilty. It's an investment in yeah. the new world because yeah. your YouTube is not for you. Yeah. It's not for you. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think when I think of like, I think like float.app, I think like those are amazing people, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. they're amazing people. I want to support them. I want to grow this, this yeah. community. Right. Yep. So like, but if we didn't have content safe, there's no way we'd be yeah. putting our videos on float.app every week. No, I could, I wouldn't we, be able to do it. I literally couldn't do it. There's no way we could do it. Yeah. So, but this is, so it's an investment in, in the future of, of media, right? Yeah. Like, and, and you just, yeah. and people that, that think like you and are going to want to get the same truth out that you do. Yeah, totally. I think mean, it's, it's necessary. It's the new world. It is. It is. So yeah, contentsafe.co, everybody check it yep. out. So, Definitely. Anyway, anything well, else? I, I think that's good, man. I think at this point, um, uh, I'll play Megan. And, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I'd like to wish you all intellectual prosperity. Ding, 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 ding.